0: That's probably one of the biggest tips I could give to anyone, whatever industry you're in, whatever you do for a living or for a passion, is you don't have to turn up to work every day like Richard Branson fist pumping the air with 57 coffees under your belt. You don't have to go to the gym and train like an Olympic athlete or you don't have to eat like a Tibetan monk. And you know, it's, just, uh, it's just chip away, the small things sitting and meditating and and what it can bring the knock-on effect that it can have into the rest of your life is kind of like training you know when you train regularly and you exercise regularly you suddenly realize how much easier everything is because you're fitter and stronger meditation is exactly like that breeding ground i i didn't have a child at the age that i had to be as busy as i was in my 30s so i go back to what I say no to is equally important as what I say yes to and it allows me to have the time that I want with you know this beautiful little boy.
1: Hey legends welcome back to Uninterrupted where we chat to inspiring fascinating women in the wellness space. I'm Alex Davies, Features Editor of Women's Health Australia. A trainer, speaker, and entrepreneur with 20 books to her name, today's guest, Michelle Bridges, has been at the forefront of the fitness industry for decades. From teaching workout classes in leg warmers at school, to training up a storm with the biggest loser, and heading up one of the original online lifestyle programs, the 12-week Body Transformation, which celebrates its 10th birthday next year. She even has her own ranges of kitchenware, ready meals, fitness equipment, and activewear. Full disclaimer though, this episode isn't really about exercise. Sure, we'll chat about Michelle's workouts, fitness trends and the changes she's seen over the years. But we'll also talk about the most crucial thing for building healthy habits, which is mindset and Michelle's strategies for looking after yours. Plus her meditation revelation, life as a parent, the power of saying no, the magic of finding your fuel and why we can all learn something from Kung Fu Panda. But enough from just me. Let's bring in the woman herself.
0: Michelle Bridges, welcome. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. It's a thrill to be back with Women's Health. I feel like um, I've known Women's Health magazine for so long. I was a part of the team when you launched.
1: Yeah, since the early days. Yeah, yeah for sure. So actually that was something that when I was researching for this and I've interviewed you a couple of times in the past and it really hit me that you've been in this fitness world for you know, it feels like forever on the Aussie scene, you know, for three decades or so now, ever since I remember reading about you used to teach fitness classes in the playground at school when yeah. you were a teenager. Is that right? <laughs>
0: Something like that. I was, um it was my first business pitch to my school mistress when I was 14 to teach fitness classes to the kids that weren't participating in sport. Okay. It meant that I had to give up my sport, which I, you know, it was a diehard sport fan. Um, and in fact, that's where I think I really learned some big lessons, life lessons in my sport, lessons like commitment, dedication, discipline, how to be responsible, um, how to be a team player, whilst striving to also be a star performer, how to win, how to lose, like really cool lessons. And I understood I was gleaning them at such a young age. And that's why I felt sort of mildly disappointed for these kids that weren't participating in sport. Uh, And, you know, that's that's a common theme for many children and for many adults because sport can be quite daunting Mm. and competitiveness and anxiety levels go up and so they sort of pull themselves out of that. Uh, So I thought, well, maybe I can kind of get those same lessons across to them that I've got from my sport but in a different way and and maybe that could be through like a fitness class. Mm. So I kind of just um, pulled my all my different trainings, principles from all the different sports that I played, netball, basketball, hockey, soccer, you know, all the training that we would do prior to the game, I kind of pulled that together and made it like a bit of a circuit um, and and that's what, you know, put it together as a class and completely non-threatening, non-competitive because I would turn up in my leg warmers and G-string on the outside of the pants.
1: <laughs> and people loved it? Were the kids into it? Oh, yeah,
0: there was music. Yeah. Come on, it was fun. <laughs> I had my disco anthems um, on my on my. Cassette player, (laughs) Uh, and I thought I was just you know so on a roll that I marched myself down to the local squash courts in the 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 town that I lived in, which was Nelson Bay, a seaside village just outside of Newcastle. So yeah, I went into the owner operator who sat behind the counter and said, "Oh hi, my name's Michelle Bridges. I go to Nelson Bay. Hi, I'm in year nine, um, and I can teach fitness classes, and I'm really good." And he went, okay, which, like, <laughs> clearly the guy was, I don't know, <laughs> it, it must have been a funny old day for him because here he is he employing a 14-year-old to, to teach fitness classes to adults yeah. in one of the empty squash courts down down the, the line, the back end squash court that was always empty. That's where I would teach classes.
1: I feel like that's the class you need <laughs> to bring back now, the leg warmers the leg
0: So that's kind of how I got started and, um yeah, so the, the – that was little did I realize that that would be the beginning of my career, yeah. and it's sort of I'm still jumping up and down in Lycra now <laughs> um. The G string's gone. Um, I think I feel that I should bring it back
1: one day. I think know. it's. I
0: think we're ready. Um,
1: <laughs> well, the but, 80s have made their comeback. Haven't yeah, they? exactly. Of but, yeah. But so yeah, it's
0: you know my grandparents and my parents used to say, "When are you you know you can't keep jumping up and down in lycra forever. When are you going to get a real job?" Mm-hmm. And my, my mom, my mom doesn't say that anymore. Clearly, but um, it's just been a blessing to have been in in an in industry and in a, a job that I've literally loved since I was a child.
1: Yeah. What do you think – I mean, I guess we were saying, you know, decades now and you're this still an icon of this industry. What do you think is the secret to longevity, I guess, for you in this world, but, you know, also for anyone in a passion that they're pursuing?
0: I think the secret is d- doing something that you love. It can – it's really, it, it's all it could be because otherwise, you know, you wouldn't do it. You would be chopping and changing. And gosh, I think I've come across so many people that have found their passion or what I like to call as their fuel, um, at all different stages of their life. It seems that age is no barrier to finding it. You know, you can get lucky like I did when, and found it at such a young age, but I've Gosh, I've got friends who found their fuel at the age of 50 through their job in that they'd been doing since they were 15, same mm-hmm. job, um, and went off to become an interior designer at, at 50. That's and fantastic. does it, you know, like yes. I think I was at a country and Western, I will say that out <laughs> loud, can you believe it? It's country and yeah, country up now. Western um, <laughs> uh, singers. Um, she was playing at a, at a pub, and it was my mate's fiftieth birthday, and he really wanted to go, so we, we all dragged ourselves along to it. And she stopped mid set to talk about how she used to be one of the head accountants for Qantas, but quit her job to become a country western singer. I like love I was like, that. "Yes, this is the stuff <laughs> I love." And in fact, the the my mate that was 50 on that night, um, he uh, was – he started up his own prestige car company in his early 30s and then went on to sell that in his late 40s and open up Pilates franchises instead Mm. because that's what fuels him. Um, You know, age is no barrier to finding that fuel, but when you find it, uh, you can do it for a long time.
1: Yeah, and run with it. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, I guess the fitness – world has changed a lot over the past few years. What do you think in your career are some of the major changes you've seen over this time?
0: Well, I guess the obvious one for me, in particularly in my in, you know, specifically in, in the field of online mm. has been extraordinary. I feel extraordinarily blessed that when I started the 12-week body transformation, no one else was doing it. It was a. It came straight out of my head. In fact, it came straight out of my book, Crunch Time, mm. uh, which was a 12-week program in my first book, uh, and we brought it to life online Um there was no other players in the market. It was such an exciting time and I really didn't know whether it was going to work or not. And, you know, here we are almost 10 years later and still going so successfully. But, to, you know, what's, I guess, been extraordinary has been the major amount of players that are now in that market. There's so many different online spaces that you can go to for health, wellness and fitness mm-hmm. and nutrition. Um, and now it seems almost in every genre you can you know, do something in uh, in the online space. But certainly in the health and wellness uh, er- arena, uh, online has has made a major uh, blast.
1: Is there anything, like any sort of movements or schools of thought that you've kind of seen and gone, oh, finally everyone's cottoned on to this, you know, whether it's strength training or a different type of exercise or when you've gone, oh, you know, I said so kind of thing so many years ago and now we've all suddenly gone into it? Or...
0: Well, I certainly think there's... Um, it's a bigger conversation, health and fitness and For wellness sure. and exercise, activity. Um, uh, you know, there's the old staples of, you know, basic cardio training and basic weight training that's never really going to change. It's come and gone with different types of styles. Um, I was, you know, Les Mills' girl from the day, way back in the day. That's still around. Um, CrossFit has come in and, you know, had been a major player in the industry and I think it's all good if it gets people moving. I, I don't care if people are pole dancing or doing a sword fighting class or doing tai chi or surfing or riding a bike, as long as it gets them moving. Uh, new styles. You know, I, I'm always being asked, what, "What do you think is the next big thing?" Um, and I think so many of us, in particularly in business, entrepreneurs, startups, are sitting waiting for the next big thing to happen. And I don't think that there is a next big thing. I think we're all, and I know that, I, that everybody's wanting that, you know, waiting for it to happen because I'm asked it all the time. What I think is the next big thing, it'll be someone that's been chipping away, doing the do, squaring themselves away, same bat time, same bat channel for probably 10 years that comes out of the woodwork and everyone goes, oh, it's the next big thing but really they've been doing it almost all their life. It's not like they came up with it overnight. No, kind of idea. Yeah. no. Do you know what I mean? Like so when people go, oh, my goodness, the 12 b a transformation is the next big thing. Actually, that had been in the making since I was 14. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So the next big thing will seem like that to the public, but the reality, the, the real story will be that that person or that company or that team have been chipping away, squaring themselves away, doing the do, you know, just keep on doing, keep on chipping. And that's probably one of the biggest tips I could give to anyone, whatever industry you're in, whatever you do for a living or for a passion is – You don't have to turn up to work every day like Richard Branson, fist pumping the air with 57 coffees under your belt. You don't have to go to the gym and train like an Olympic athlete or you don't have to eat like a Tibetan monk. And, you know, it's just, uh, it's just chip away the small things. I I have a keynote address, which I, in one of the chapters, small is big. So rather than looking for that next big thing, do the small things. Mm chip away, square yourself away, get up in the morning, make your bed, do your thing, go to work, get, you know, get your jobs done, tick your boxes. And you'll be surprised at actually how much more you get done rather than kind of looking for this big thing that's going to land in your lap because what will happen inevitably is it will land in your lap if you're squared away.
1: Yeah. I love that idea of the small is big because I guess that can apply in so many areas of our life, you know, there's the working world, but also lifestyle wise, like the small tweaks and the small changes, I guess, it helps build consistency in things. Yeah, right?
0: I think it's kind of the secret to almost success, if you want to use that word. And I know that gets bantered around a lot um, in any in any field like um in exercise, small is big. Do the do. Get up every morning or train every evening or whatever it is. It doesn't have to be an hour. It might just be 15 minutes, but it's about being consistent. It's about turning up and it's about making it a routine and a habit and a ritual. And it's those, it's those small pieces that link together that become the chain. Uh, it's the same for nutrition. It's the same... For uh, you know a startup, it's the same for a new project. Um, how many times do I have I worked with someone though, and it's the human nature instinct in us that. I want to lose the weight now. I want to get fit now. And then they'll go for a 10K run and they haven't run, you know, for six years. And they come back with a hamstring injury and a knee injury. And it's like, ah, wave the white flag. I can't do this. It's like we all want it now. And, uh, you know, that's that's nothing new. We've all heard that before. But the reality is we do. Mm. Why is that?
1: is that? I guess that immediate gratification that you want from anything that you put in and I think we feel like we push for time and things as well. And do you think that's what it is? It's we kind of want the quick results because we feel like we're trying to maximize every minute we've got. Or what do you think?
0: Well, I think uh, I do think that we need that once you get clear on what it is that you want, then it's a case of um, rearranging your schedule or rearranging your priorities to put it in a place that that you can afford it to time. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, you hear it. You hear it. Time and time again, I've got no time. I've got no time. Uh, I, again, in my, one of my in my same keynote, I have a um, I have a line. Uh, it's another chapter within it that says what you say no to is as equally important as what you say yes to. And then there's a saying from my one of my favorite movies, Kung Fu Panda, um, which is when will you realize the more you take, the less you have? So uh, I've found particularly as I've matured um, and I now have a child, that what I'm saying, I'm saying no a lot more and it's actually getting me somewhere. Do you know what I mean? So the things that I do say yes to, I'm getting them done better rather than having, you know, like one of my mantras when I was in my 30s was bite off more than you can chew, Mishy, and chew damn hard. Let's go. You know, I was so, 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 so busy. It was almost like I wore it as a badge of honour. I was so busy that I felt like I was gonna blow up. And I think that's that's probably most people that are listening to this podcast right now. Yeah. That's
1: actually funny. I had a question just coming up in a bit about that quote about the what you say no to is as important as what you say yes to. And I feel like that's such a huge thing for women women especially to hear. Yeah. I think in life, in work, in parenting, in you know, everything that we do and you
0: know You're entitled yeah. to say no. And here's another one. You're entitled to change your mind.
1: Hmm.
0: You know, I think once we, uh, I'm a big believer and if I say I'm going to do it, I'll do it. But I also think that sometimes we put so much pressure on ourselves that you are actually allowed to go and be honest and be transparent and come from it with love. You know what? I've actually changed my mind on that. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to say no, or I'm going to have to let that pass or I'm going to have to at least come back to that in maybe six months time when I, have the bandwidth to be able to do it well, You, you. that's you're, it's okay to do that.
1: Yeah. I think people appreciate that transparency and the upfrontness because we've all totally. been in that position. And if you say that to someone and you're vulnerable and you explain what the, what the situation is, people get that, I think. Oh, my
0: gosh. You, how many um, awkward conversations in my life have I had to have? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I've had some that have been really bad and worked out really, really like not good. And then I've had others where I've come from a, from a real place of love and vulnerability, uh, allowing my vulnerable my vulnerable side to show, and when I'm when I do that, uh, which is not always easy because, you know, you have to kind of catch your breath and think, oh, okay, I'm about to get vulnerable here. But the person that you're talking to, comp- it disarms them, and it com- they completely understand where you're coming from.
1: Mm-hmm. I'd love to know as well. Just thinking about you talk about consistency, and I think so many of us can have a different relationship with exercise. I think it really varies for all of us. And what do you think is, are the keys, I guess, to building a positive one or as positive a possible one as we can with exercise?
0: I think certainly it comes down to the way in which you think about it. You know, if you, I'm I'm a big believer in what you say transpires. Like if you think it, it, the, the universe will your universe will hear it. And then if you say it, then the big, bigger universe hears it as well. So it's like, oh, I hate exercise. It's like, you know what? You, you're convincing yourself. Um, so I'm a big believer in first and foremost language, your external language and also your internal language. Um, being gentle with yourself, not beating yourself up over the fact that you missed a session or that you, I should be training, I should be doing it. And even going back to the the language part of it, um, I try to change the way in which I say things, like, rather than I have to do it. As soon as I have to do it, like, one thing I hate doing is putting my clothes away. I've shared that with many people. I'd rather have a pap smear than put my clothes away, basically. (laughs) Um, That's how much I hate doing it. It's just between you and me, right? This conversation, yeah, no, one else, no one else is listening.
1: <laughs> I'm like nodding along in so much agreement. could, like boyfriend will tell you, I'll, what do they call it, like a floor drum? Like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> so my language or my client's language, I feel is really, it's, it's, it's clever. It's, 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 um, it's important rather than I have to do it. I choose to do it. There's a, there's a freedom when there's a choice, there's a burden. When there's a, I have to, can you see the difference? Yeah, it's
1: the obligation. You can feel the about, difference, yeah. right, when you
0: even say it. I choose to I choose to go for a walk. I choose to do a half-hour um, uh, cardio session or I choose to go for a run or I choose to get on my bike and and ride with my kids because I know it's good for me, it's good for my mental health, it's great for them and it's great for our relationship. So I choose that. That's my choice, and there's a freedom uh, in that. Um, So I think, you know, I haven't even spoken about exercise yet, right? This is all just stuff in the head because to me that underpins everything. Once the the exercise is easy, whether it be a walk, I mean it's not easy always, but whether it be a walk or whether it be a, a hard workout, at the back end of that I will put money on the fact that you will feel great afterwards. We all know that no one comes back from a walk going, you know, I just feel like shit. You know, am I allowed to say that? Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. Are. <laughs> that's my only swear word for the day, um, other than pap me. We'll see how we go. <laughs> that's not really a swear word, but it's it's a little bit awkward. Um, <laughs> so it's really it really comes down to headspace.
1: I read as well in an interview some cool stuff which I, you were saying about the importance of knowing yourself. You know, knowing what will get you out to do a workout maybe in the morning or actually, you know what, knowing what won't, you know, get you out of bed to do that and making it as easy and as doable for yourself as possible.
0: Yeah, I mean, gosh, there's so many different techniques that I can think of that will make it easier for you. Or or take the pressure off for you, like from you know from as something as simple as setting your alarm and putting it in the other room, so you've got to get out of bed to turn the damn thing off, or say, setting out your clothes the night before. They're pretty simple techniques, but also um, knowing that if you if you know you hate going to the gym, then don't go to the gym. <laughs> like that to me makes total sense. If you. If you know that you love swimming, then that's where, you know, investigate how you can incorporate that into your lifestyle. If you know that you're someone that once you get home, you ain't going anywhere, then that's where you make sure that you have your backpack with your gym gear in it and you've got to walk past a gym or walk past a personal training studio or walk past the park uh, before you get home. Um, so that you know that, you know, more than likely it's going to happen. Um, there's lots of different techniques that I can share with clients and I have over the years around how to kind of understand who you are and what floats your boat um, and how you can then incorporate that into your into your world. Uh, um, I speak about a girlfriend of mine's son. She she screams bloody murder all the time about the fact that she cannot get this bed-loving teenager out of bed <laughs> to get to school on time and on the weekends when he doesn't even have to go to school, it's worse. And yet at 5 a.m., this kid can be up out of bed with the surfboard under his arm if the surf's up and by 5.15 with a piece of toast hanging out of his mouth and she goes, Michelle, who knew? He knew we owned a toaster and he cooked it for himself and he's out by 5.15 because surf's up. Now that's his fuel, right? That's his fuel. And that's the fuel I'm talking about. If you can find that and, and tap into it, you won't have to be motivated. You won't have to, you know, wind yourself up like a spring coil to, to get to the gym or if, because he, like this kid can't get out of bed for love or money, but the surfing for him is what, what does it for him.
1: Yeah. Well, I'd love to know then what floats your boat. What do you do in a typical week of your workouts? And obviously, being a parent as well, how do you involve the kids? Like, what does it look like for you?
0: Well, uh, you know, I I I am the biggest um, uh, is it oxymoron? What's the word I'm looking for? I'm I, I'm I'm always spruiking um, it, routines, habits, rituals, and I'm like the worst <laughs> person in the world. I have no habits, no rituals, and I mean I, that's not true. I do, but when it comes to my working schedule, it is. There's nothing routine about it. So it, it makes life difficult. And I used to blow up about it and scream bloody murder and say to my agent, you know, you need to stop booking in so much work. I've got to be able to train and rah, 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 rah. And, and I fight it all the time. And then in the end, I came to the understanding that I have to accept this, Michelle. In order for me to move forward, I've got to accept this is my situation. You have no regular schedule. Get over it. And move on. So as soon as I did that, I then realised, okay, well I've got to just train here. I've got to train there. I'll get in my gym gear for the day, and if I can grab ten minutes, or I can grab half an hour. Then I'm good to go. Um, whenever I travel, I always make sure that there's a gym uh, in the hotel or there's a great running track nearby. Um, there's instances where Steve will go. Come on, we're going. We're going to do something. This morning, we took the, our son for a walk. On well, he actually got on his bike, and Steve goes, "Right, do this many." Like he started to saying, "Do this, do this," and I'm like, "Oh, okay." So I, <laughs> I, so I've got a workout in this morning. Not really thinking that I was going to, but I did. Um, so it's really for me about grabbing moments in time. So it'll either be a run. Um, it'll be downstairs um, in the apartment building that I live in there's a little gym downstairs I just go down there I'll take Axel with me in a bunch of cars and he'll play while I do my workout or if Steve and I go together then we'll do we'll build a workout that's one minute on one minute off one minute on one minute and then we we play with him in that minute you know at time Um, or uh, we'll often take the kids down to the park and then while we're down there kicking the ball around we'll throw in some planks and throw in some walking lunges and throw in a sprint down and back and you know, so, and they see that as well and then they they sometimes join in and most of the time they won't. But, <laughs> um, so it's it's a bit of everything. Uh, my friend, uh, the guy that I spoke to you about, the Pilates franchise, um, I'm going to start going to do a lot more classes with, with him and and their club because it just looks like so much fun. And I did try one and it just about killed me. They're God. so hard. Like, <laughs> I thought I was strong. <laughs> I was like, oh. Um, so I'll throw in some extra Pilates classes Um this week or next week. Uh, So yeah, it's a real mix. And look, I'm just like any other person. There'll be times when I will talk myself out of a workout or just don't want to do it. That's often when I put my robot head on and just stop thinking because again, back to the mind, it's the mind that, that sabotages the workout. So just, I just try to really turn my head off and get into robot mode. And once I get going, you know, I'm fine. We have a technique with the twelve week body transformation. We call that the um you know, the ten minute rule. So if you're after ten minutes you still don't want to be there, we'll allow you to leave.
1: That's never the case. Right? Never. Never.
0: No. It's I've probably used that maybe three times in my whole life where I haven't <laughs> felt well or whatever. But honestly, once you're once you're going, then uh, you know, you're up and running and you and you're fine to carry on. So yeah, it's a it's a real mixed bag, my training. I certainly don't train Uh, to the same uh, intensity that I used to. Uh, Before Loser, I was working as a full-time instructor. I was doing like 30-odd classes a week and training like an absolute athlete. Um, And then when Loser started, I was still training pretty hard but not quite as much because that was no longer my full-time job. Um, And now it's different again. Um, I certainly don't have the same capacity that I used to, but I'm also kind of excited about the prospect of, you know, new chapters for me and and uh, and learning and growing. And also, you know, the fact that we're hitting the milestone with 12 Week of 10 years, like I'm extremely proud of that. And we've got people that have been with us for almost the entire 10 oh years and we've got people that come and go, that have been coming and going with the program for, for the 10 years. We've got people that have never done the program before just starting, Um And it's, you know, it's very special that we're going to hit this milestone next year. Uh, You know, the hundreds of thousands of people that have done the 12-Week Body Transformation changed their lives, changed their families' lives, um, fallen pregnant, changed their careers, uh, you know, and all the different stories in between. It's it's heartwarming and it's a joy. I think all of my team at 12 Week appreciate that we all have a very special job um, and we don't take it for granted.
1: Do you feel like um, becoming a parent, and I guess with time and things as well, has that changed both for you and Steve, your attitude, I guess, around fitness, around health, um,
0: how you prioritise them? Oh, it definitely has. Like I thought that I understood my mum's. Um, you know, as a 30-odd-year-old woman, I'm sure. yes, I, I may not be a mother, but I understand that children – and no, 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 I had no clue. <laughs> I was completely clueless <laughs> because once you add kids to the mix, it's just another level. It's um, And, you know, we, I'm an ambassador with, with Medibank. We've just done a research campaign on um, self-care and what came out of that research is 77% of uh, parents will – uh, make sure that their children are active and eat breakfast. But only sixteen percent of them will be active and eat breakfast themselves.
1: It's that uh, what's that analogy about being on the airplane and the oxygen mask yes, yes. you have gotta do your own first. Yes, as put well. your
0: mask on before you help others yeah. because th- it's true. You you can't look after them and be the best person that you can be or the best version of yourself and do all the things that you need to do if you haven't given yourself a bit of self care and a bit of self love. Um easier said than done when you've got two, three, four, five children, which some of my clients have. But again, it's um, it's about being a little bit organized and just finding that habit, that routine and that ritual. Because in my experience, my most successful people, if you want to use it in that term, who have increased their fitness, increased their strength, increased their flexibility, lost a bit of weight, gone on to do amazing things, Um They've all been fairly squared away as far as their habits and their routines and their rituals, as far as their what they do um, physically, uh, and also as far as what they do in nutrition. You know, Monday night's fish night, Tuesday night's pasta night, and it's very routine, which sounds boring, but in my experience, all humans love habits, routines, and rituals. We, mm. really, we, we thrive on them.
1: Yeah. It makes me think I've really gotten into trying to be much stronger with my meal prep and things at the moment. And- you know you're right, it does have some time on the weekend where you're like, "Oh, God, I roll this again, but actually in the week it serves then it's for you life so safety. well, yeah, and it makes you just happier. it gives you back the time in the week to maybe do something that you'd probably enjoy more than cooking and things, and yeah, yeah it does make a difference.
0: it really does, um just being as Steve likes to say, squared away, uh and it it just makes life easier, yeah, I think also, um. Probably one of the things that as a parent uh, that has been good for me and I'm learning how to do it better and better and more of it is, and and this has come a lot, of this has come from Steve, is finding space to, and this is again saying no to things, you know what you say no to, so that you can give yourself space. Space allows you to be creative. Space allows you to self-care and, um, Tune into the world, tune into nature, uh, tune into who you are and who you are as a part of the world. These things have been really quite profound for me in the last few years. Uh, maybe it's an age thing. I don't know. Although there's, I, don't, I don't really think that's true, actually, as I say that because I know a lot of people i have spoken about this conversation that are a lot, lot younger than me that have been doing it for years. Um, meditation. I, I I think meditation is one of those I, – I have a joke about it in my keynote where, um, you know, sitting still and staring into space and doing nothing has had to be wrapped up and rebranded as meditation in order for us to feel okay about doing it. <laughs> yeah. um, but a lot of us are confused by meditation and what does it mean and everybody else is meditating and because I'm not doing it now, it's giving me more anxiety, you know, like, ah! <laughs> But even just um, – On the weekend, for example, I just gave myself some space to go and sit under a tree on the ground uh, with my shoes off and just breathe and try to calm and quieten that inner voice that we all have, the one that just keeps talking to us, uh, and be an observer of that rather than just listening to it. And that's, I think, the first step is to actually be a bit of an observer of that voice that keeps going, you should be doing this, you should be doing that, d-d-d-d-d. that you can s- try to step back from it and just hear it and go, oh, it's, it's
1: you self again. Self-critic a little bit. It's yeah. you again.
0: You're talking again. And, you know, were, uh, something that was quite profound for me and anybody that does a lot of meditation will probably roll their eyes at me <laughs> with this, but it was new to me, was the idea of being able to quieten that voice with meditation by using You could call them mantras, if you want to use a layman's term, you could just say a sentence, or even counting. It just allows you to stop that chatter. So whether it be, I breathe in, one, I breathe out, two, I breathe in, three, I breathe out, four, or whether it be a mantra that's something that's important to you that you repeat over and over. I didn't realise that actually by doing that, it shuts that voice down. And for some people like myself, when you start, two minutes is plenty. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my – but now uh, I'm getting up to a place where I can be doing this for 20 minutes. Steve can do it for, like, 90. Well, it
1: makes me think – so I remember watching Steve on Survivor and I think that was something he seemed to lean on and turn oh, to a yeah. lot on the on the island out there. And I, and I remember thinking, wow, that's – He'll get up yeah. at
0: four or five in the morning and, and meditate um, – in the hallway because it's the (laughs) darkest place in our house for like an hour and it's changed his life. So I'm so in awe of it, how much it's changed his life that now I'm trying to kind of do more of it myself.
1: Yeah, because I remember you you as well um, in the past having a chat with you and you are a huge supporter of the Black Dog Institute as well which is a mental health awareness and research group and yes i wondered for you you know spoken about meditation and are they some other is that one of the strategies you really of lean course, on yeah. to you know support yourself in absolutely. that mental health space?
0: absolutely absolutely yeah. like, like i said earlier just like anyone in the year 2019 you can feel overwhelmed burnt out um, under the pump and you know just as though you can't cope. Uh, there's just so much going on. Uh, it's a very different era to what we grew up in and certainly what my parents grew up in and now what my child is growing up in, um, that I think these these techniques and these strategies to look after yourself are critically important. Uh, exercise for me can be like a meditation, um, but certainly the, the idea of sitting and just giving yourself that time and that space, you would be profoundly... Um, in awe of how much better operator you are yeah. when you do that. It's like sitting and meditating and ha- and what it can bring, the knock-on effect that it can have into the rest of your life is kind of like training. You know, when you train regularly and you exercise regularly, you suddenly realize how much easier everything is because you're fitter and stronger. Meditation is exactly like that breeding ground. If you can find yourself five, 10 minutes to meditate, you'd be incredibly amazed at the knock-on effect that it can have and how you handle yourself under pressure, how you handle yourself in awkward moments, how when normally you would default into anger or aggression or or running away, um, suddenly you've trained your mind to be a lot calmer. It's it's a really interesting topic, and yeah. I could go on about it forever. <laughs> um, it's great, yeah. But d- d- back to the Black Dog, certainly that's a, a methodology that they talk about, um, and also with the twelve week body transformation, we we're now really um, coming together with Black Dog officially. Uh, um, on occasions I'll bring them in, and they'll 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 have one of their um, uh, physio psychologists that will come in and do a. a like a, a sit down with me interview and we'll, we'll talk about roadblocks and things that self-sabotaging techniques and so on. So it's been wonderful to be able to lean on them mm. um, and really glean from their wonderful resources and information that they have around mental health. Yeah. It's a, it's a big topic and I've been with them for probably seven or eight years now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's it's brilliant. And obviously, you know, you mentioned the program and you have active wear ranges and kitchen ranges and fitness equipment. You're an author, so many books and a speaker too. And do you thrive on having balancing all the different projects? You know, what's your kind of approach when it comes to that?
0: <laughs> um, I, I was having this conversation with Steve about this whole work-life balance thing. We both kind of think it's a bit of um, it's a bit of a unicorn, <laughs> <It's> that <laughs> mythical, you know, finding that balance. I think personally feel like the only way you can find that is to strip back some of the peripheries and the things that you don't particularly, that aren't serving you or that don't feel right for you rather than saying yes to everything, you know, stripping it back to the things that are really important to you and then doing them really well, um, I have a really fantastic team <laughs> uh, who I lean on regularly um, and who step up regularly in order to kind of keep all of those things going. Um, and I, I I make sure now and nowadays uh, that I give myself space and I'll say no to, to stuff um, if I feel like I'm becoming a bit overwhelmed and there's too much going on. Yeah. But the, the great the great thing is that I have a, a really cool team around me that kind of help keep everything balanced. I know that if I don't get tr- my training in, I start to get overwhelmed um, because my training is something that keeps me really grounded. Uh, and I know that if I get – if there's too much all happening at once, I start to go, okay, hang on, stop. <laughs> I need to pull back here. Mm. Just like anyone – just like everyone, um, but sometimes in my past I didn't have the capacity to say no. I kept on going, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, and more, I think more, you, more yeah. yeah, and I think you do that um, when you're younger and maybe you can handle a lot more when you're younger. I don't know. But uh, I feel like I do things much better now um, with more maturity um, and more clarity and more love then perhaps what I did in the past, I was like, you know, getting a lot done, but was I doing it really well? That's debatable.
1: (laughs) What do you find are your kind of go-tos for energy wise? You know, you mentioned about training, but is there anything else, you know, you're a coffee girl or certain types of food that are the things that are going to really power you through?
0: Uh, Look, I'm a big believer in nutrition. Um, I tend to not eat as much meat as I used to. I'm still a meat eater, but I'm I eat a lot of vegetarian meals, which are out of the twelve week prog- program. Um, I eat a lot of greens, like I eat greens. Pro- I would say every meal, um, and if I can't uh, eat them, then I'll often drink them. I'll have a. I'll make myself a green smoothie in the morning. Um, that they give me a lot of energy. I do – I'm I'm not opposed to coffee. In fact, I had one this morning but I was only having this conversation just yesterday that I don't have one every day. I'm not in a place where I rely on it, thankfully. And sometimes I get excited about the smell of it and then go, mm, no, it's not really floating my boat today. In the past I have take, had protein shakes and so on, particularly when I was doing my bodybuilding phase. Um, they can be quite handy for people who are on the go and don't – always have time to, to eat. Um, so it's not that I'm opposed to them. It's just not really something that I tend to do personally and sleep. I need, I absolutely, I'm an eight hour girl.
1: If I don't get my, if I don't get my eight hours,
0: I'm a, I'm a mess. And if I don't, if I wake up in the middle of the night because of stress or anxiety or just wake up and then you start thinking, um, even if I get the eight hours, it's never as good. So, um, you know, there's methods that, that I will practice in order to get myself into a place to sleep well, like no screens, no TV, um, a dark, a really nice dark room. Um, you know, I've, I've done a lot of work around sleep because it's, it's a really big, important factor for a human being. And people take
1: it for granted, I I think. Totally. Um, yeah.
0: And that it, – it's so important. So, you know, that's probably one of the things that I, I really cherish and uh, and take care of.
1: Yeah. I bet especially as a parent because I was going to ask about oh. Axel because he's nearly – is he nearly four
0: now? Yeah, is he'll be four really? in December. So I put him down. He wants me – and a lot of parents out there will know this, this from your past when you had kids, young kids or you're going through it now, he'll want me to be with him until he goes to sleep. So then – Sometimes I'll inevitably fall asleep with him, which is I don't think is great because then I've got to wake myself up. And then, yeah, so it's um, it's it's one of those things where I'm, I'm trying to make sure that I get him to sleep. That I so I often use that time to meditate because okay. I'm in the dark. I'm sitting there. I may as well do something that's not sleeping because I, that throws my sleep cycle out. So I'll sit and meditate for twenty minutes until he falls to sleep, and then I'll go out. Um, and then by that stage it's like 8.30, 8.30 in the evening and I'll say to Steve, will we watch something or will we not – and we might watch a half-hour show, and then I'm in bed. If I can be in bed by nine and asleep by nine thirty, I'm You're happy. Good. I'm a happy girl.
1: And I don't know. I think it was um, Steve teamed up recently with Men's Health and with Marie Claire and did a gorgeous shoot around uh, paid parental leave equality. With that, yeah, Excellent. it was so cute.
0: Oh my gosh, that photo was just like to die Divine, for. Divine, yeah. But yeah, we're both big believers in that. Um, you know, we're in the, the 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 era that we're in where women are working longer and bigger hours and in some cases um, are doing uh, are earning the lion's share in, in the relationship it makes total sense to me that um, if it's if it works for the family that whether it's um, mom or dad I don't think it should be gender specific
1: no. what do you kind of guys find with the two of you the parenting dynamic is there one of you is a the stricter parent or the less strict parent or how does it work
0: He's probably this, st- or he's certainly the one that has the louder voice. <laughs> so he gets the attention, so yeah. to speak. <laughs> um, and I'm probably a little bit of a, mm. but uh, we're, we're pretty good. We're pretty we're, we're pretty clear in our direction of how we want him to be and the kind of boy that we want him to grow up into. Um, my word is always kind. I just want him to be a kind I person. Love that. Yeah. Um, we, we balance it I think we balance it well with 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 all all of the kids um, because we have four I mean I yeah. say kid like Brianna's is going to turn 21 this year next year early next year so she's not really a kid anymore um, but I think between all four of them um, we've got a fairly good uh, dynamic
1: yeah it sounds like you're a good team I think and you yeah, from the impression that you know I guess to get from from you guys yeah
0: it's not you know it's um it's it has its challenges just like any family um, and it's something that you've just got to keep learning from and growing with. And you also look back at your mom and your dad yourself and you think, oh, okay, well, they were doing the best that they could given what they had, given the knowledge they had or given the experience they had. Mm. Um, yeah, so you're just, you're just trying to, I guess, do the best that you can. But again, um, I I didn't have a child at the age that I had to – um, be as busy as I was in my 30s. So I go back to what I say no to is equally important as what I say yes to. And it allows me to have the time that I want with, you know, this beautiful little boy.
1: Yeah. Something I think that I guess we see um, is parents who are in the limelight and in the spotlight. I feel like people almost feel entitled to comment on how they're parenting and how they're raising their children, and especially online, I think it seems to be. And I wonder what's your experience been of that and how do you deal with that, I guess?
0: Do you know what? Because um, it's true. When you, when you become a new mum, everyone wants to give you advice, yeah. whether it be, you know, whatever it is. And um, I very quickly could see that happening. <laughs> and I thought to myself, I'm going to accept all of this from a place of love, that this person is giving me something that they feel is like from their heart and rather than be offended or upset or don't you know that I'm already, you know, like I, what's the point in that? Like that's just a waste of energy. So I very quickly decided that I was just going to go, thank you. That's that's really cool. I'm going to take that on and, you know, and whether I did or I didn't end up using it, people like to give advice because I th- it makes them feel good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. It's like a nice attitude to have with it
0: because I guess if you took
1: always, everything on, it would drain. Like it's it going to happen. Yeah. People are
0: going to always love to give their advice and love to give their opinions, and that's human nature. And the reason I feel that that is, you know, so profound um, is it makes people feel good. Like your mum will give you advice because it makes her feel good, and that she's still offering you something. She's still got something to offer, and it's it's coming from a place of love with them. So, yeah. That was kind of a big acceptance piece that I took on when I was a mum.
1: I'd love to know, because we've spoken about um, 12 Week and things coming up for you professionally and, you know, what's kind of the next year or so, I guess, what next year is looking like for you personally, professionally, kind of what things are on the horizon?
0: Um, At a personal level, I'm going to continue my what I say no to is as equally important as what I say yes to in order to give myself the time that I can see is a, a very short period, you know, that, that time of him being three, four, five, this is a, this is a special time. I can see that. And I, I want to look back and go, I gave it my all. I was there. I was present, really present. Um, so that's at a personal level. Uh, and certainly also with my relationship as well, I want to be present for that too. Uh, on a business level, I equally want to be present for that and, i am Really proud of the fact that 12 Week will be turning 10 next year. Um, I think we're going to make a big song and dance about it. Yeah. Um, because in the online world, that's like turning 100.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's real longevity though. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. It really is. When things come and go and that hasn't, that's really stuck, Yeah, so. yeah. Uh,
0: and we've got some other um, pieces to the 12 Week that will be an exciting story that will be uh, new Um, new concepts and new ideas and new pieces of the program, which I think our members will be very excited about. Um, There's also other parts to the business that are are growing as they always do. And we've got another book coming out next year. Um, I'm really enjoying my keynote speaking at the moment. It gives me a chance to um, feel the audience. Mm -hmm. So online you feel it, but... When you're right there face-to-face with the audience, there's nothing like it. It's so cool. So I'm very much enjoying those um, those uh, keynotes that I get out to do around the country, which is fabulous.
1: I'd love to know, actually, just thinking about that, because I guess not many of us necessarily are on such a big platform when we're speaking, but sometimes it can be the most intimidating thing f- to speak or present in a meeting or use your voice in a day-to-day meeting or speak up in a situation where you maybe feel less comfortable. And what's your kind of advice for anyone listening listening who about really using their voice and actually having that confidence to speak
0: up? I think if it's something that you really believe in, um, then it's it's important to to say it. I think timing is everything, so choosing your time uh, and also uh, the way in which it's presented is everything too. You can say what you know whether it's in a conversation around a relationship or a conversation around business, the way in which you present it can either be well-received or a total dud. (laughs) What I've found in my experience is that when you speak from the heart and you speak with a little vulnerability um, but also with passion, then you get heard. Yeah. And it's really um, it's so empowering to be able to put forward that that content or that message or that um, idea, whether it be in a meeting or whether it be in a 45-minute keynote, uh, it's extremely empowering. You, you open yourself up uh, to being vulnerable um, and to maybe being shut down, maybe being, no, that's not the idea we're looking for. That's life. Um, and you'll probably have to lick your wounds for a minute or two if that's the um, the way in which it, it rolled that day, um, but you'll have learned something from it and you'll have grown from it 100%. Mm. You know, well, of course you will because what's the alternative? You say nothing, nothing changes. So it's it's all in the presentation. Yeah. <laughs> We've only had this conversation just today. Um, you know, if you're coming at it, you come at it with stop, breathe, consider, uh, never do it when you're in a flighty emotional state. Um, and it's probably more conversations that might be awkward, maybe not something about like a meeting, but certainly if you can catch the one thing that you absolutely can control is your breathing, uh, and then your state of mind, um, and then feel it from your heart and come up at it from a place of love. You'll get heard.
1: Yeah. And just lastly, I'd love to know, so I feel like our listeners are going to take away so much from this chat today, like I know I have, And but if there was just one thing that you would want, you know, whether it's in well-being or fitness or mindset, as we've been speaking about, that you would want everyone to know, what would you want us to take
0: away? I guess um, when it comes to business, when it comes to uh, career, when it comes to relationships, children housework <laughs> uh, nutrition I feel like my my experience tells me it's it's really all about consistency it's just about the small things and just chipping away and getting getting it done so if it's you know you want to improve your nutrition, then, you know, like I said, you don't have to go and eat like a Tibetan monk for a week because that's not really going to last, is it? It's about being consistent with your meal prepping, with your recipes, with the way in which you say no to that and yes to that. Um, When it comes to your exercise, it's the same thing. It's about turning up, same bat time, same bat channel. You don't have to train every time, like an Olympic athlete, because goodness knows I wouldn't want to train every day like an Olympic athlete, but it's about getting it done. So whether it's a yoga class, a Pilates class, a gentle walk, a hard weight training session, but turning up every day and making that part of your habit, your ritual and your routine. It's the same with business uh, or your career. Uh, Have your habits, have your routines. You don't have to be Richard Branson. You just... Chip away and get the work done and be squared away. And it's exactly the same with your relationships, whether it be with your mum, your dad, your significant other, or your children, being consistent, being consistent with the way your temperament with them, being consistent with the way in which you have particular philosophies and guidelines and parameters that you will stick to. Um, It's that consistency, I think, that allows you to understand where it is that you want to go the results that you want to achieve um, and that consistency that will allow you to get there and importantly stay there
1: it's brilliant michelle bridges thank you so much you're a superstar i like, thank you for taking the you're time welcome. And, yeah thank for joining you. us today thank you so much thanks for listening to women's health uninterrupted we hope you enjoyed the episode and found something inspiring to take into your day If you'd like to leave a review, we would love to hear from you. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss out on an episode. For more from us, pick up the latest copy of Women's Health magazine or check out womenshealth.com.au.
0: If you feel you've been affected by any of the topics in this week's episode, help and support is available by calling Lifeline on 13 11 14 or lifeline.org.au or Beyond Blue on 1300 22 or beyondblue.org.au.